afternoon, everybody. This is Debbie Q with The Right Shoe. I'm just going to see what these sounds are that I have in this bank. Oh. <laughs> Fucking Philadelphia. Fucking Philadelphia, you're so very strange. I don't have a song, so I'm not going to start, but... Smoke some hash and ride on a silvery carpet. Wee! Well, this is kind of nice. Right, let's see what this is. Walking. Hmm. Another groove song. I just... <laughs> I was... I was doing sound effects at one point and... I don't know. It's a pain in the ass. And I don't think people liked it too much. So, but I still have some of them on there. This is The Right Shoe. The Right Shoe is a podcast about all things strange and unusual, especially in reference to a death. Tonight we have a real oldie, moldy, but great one. I, I love this. Well, wait, I should not sound so excited for a death. Let me be more subdued. It's not the death that I'm excited about. It's because it's, I think it's the unsolved mysteries aspect. I, huge fan of unsolved mysteries, huge fan of forensic files, huge fan of Bill Curtis from uh, American Justice. Now, I love all three. My dog is going insane. I have a golden doodle, a grudel, and she's crazy. Her name's Coco. She's insane. And here she comes. I hear you. I hear you, crazy girl. You want to say hi to the peeps? She knows she's so pretty. That's why she's so bad. I have to say, I went to Giant today. I had this piece of salmon. It was with crab meat. For $4. It was fantastic. I can't stop talking about it. And if you need to reach me, it seems as though people are reaching me on my Instagram, which is fabulous because that's the surest way that I can see it and answer as quickly as possible. I really like that people are going to my Instagram. It's the Right You Podcast underscore underscore. I usually post stories. I I used to love posts and posts, but I just, I, I am just, especially the holidays, I'm all over the place. So if I suddenly go blip, you'll know it's my oof, oof. If I bark, she stops doing everything. It's so weird. I, I don't, I, that's like, that's like the safe word. No matter how much you yell, she just thinks it's hilarious. But if you bark, she stops. So I don't know. That seems to be a great teaching mechanism with her. On with this. Uh, let me stop blabbing away as usual. I'm trying to think anything Philadelphian sticking in my head. It's nothing that everything, you know, right at this current moment in time, it's raining out. The piece is there. I'll take it. I'm sure there's 10 shootings down somewhere, but I don't even want to think about it. It's good right here, right now. It's quiet. I did everything I wanted to do. I didn't get my lights up, which was tragic, but I just couldn't get to it. It was raining. I would have at least got to the lights. I might try to do it tomorrow if I get home early enough. So I hope everybody's Thanksgiving was fabulous. Mine was fantastic. I am getting ready for the big one. The Christmas holidays, you know, you get that like, oh my God, here they come. And they're coming. In the meantime, I tonight's episode is going to be 
it so sucks that that it has to do with a woman's death because take out the tragedy of that and it's it's unbelievable it's almost hilarious i don't want to it's like what the hell is going on and and when i read people's reactions to this particular episode like they're they're blown away they're like like some people are like oh my god he's innocent and some people are like he is as guilty af and he is nuts for being the way he is because he's unlike many uh, he's very different this guy his name's tim mcclure and this is an old old unsolved mysteries and it had to do with the death of his mother she was found in a las vegas parking lot shot twice in her car like she was just sitting there in this oh i think actually she didn't it was they were in las vegas but she actually was in reno let me just make sure of that because she had he had walked her up get to the whole story her name was terry mcclure looked like a beautiful woman she the pictures of her she was smiling and she just looked like a really cool lady that you'd love to know carson city nevada is where this happened her name was terry marie mcclure she was killed january 14th 1983 she was 62 so i guess you know 1983 minus 62 she was born in 1921. It doesn't really have much, you know, I couldn't really find much about her. It's such a small, I wasn't this hugely debated, like it wasn't like a more Murray kind of case where you know everything about her. This guy, Tim McClure, was 38 years old and he lived with his mother, Terry McClure, on and off during his 20s. Now, this guy was very unusual looking like he was tall tall white guy six five now my friend greg was six five and he was tall and and he was thin so it just made him look taller for some reason and, and i have a, a feeling that this guy was the same way it, it the height does make i mean i just remember greg like coming into the room and it was like oh my god he was huge he was the same. He seemed to be the same way, this Tim McClure. And not only that, but he had very long hair. He just, you know, in the, in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, he had cut his hair. But he still had a very different appearance. And his way of speaking and, and... And I have to be honest, like, when I look at this... Okay, when you're looking at something, when you're looking at a murder, and you're trying to decide, do I believe this person... When I go through logically using my head, I'm like this person, hands down, he's guilty. But when I put my heart into it, I'm like, there's no way this guy did it. The, the cops have completely, they just became micro-focused. So I'll tell you this story. I People seem to know of it. I don't know. Some people that don't watch, watch Unsolved Mysteries would never hear of it. It was a very tiny killing in 1983 of this elderly woman but it's just it's an interesting case okay so let me get to i'll just read what it's on the unsolved mysteries wiki and then i'll play a few clips and just tell you what sticks out to me what doesn't why it's so weird the case details on, on Friday, January 14th, and I'm reading this from the Unsolved Mysteries wiki. 
You can go on Google. It comes up. January 14, 1983, 38-year-old Tim McClure was married in Lake Tahoe. Oh, so it was Lake Tahoe. I thought it was in Las Vegas, but okay, so be it. With his 62-year-old mother, Terry McClure, by his side. He had lived on and off with her during his 20s. They often went out to dinner together and gambled at local casinos. And not only that, but this guy, like when they talked about him, when they asked people about him, like his family and everything, they were like, oh my God, there's no way that he could have killed his mother because, you know, he was so, he was with her all the time, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it, it's just weird. On the night of Tim's wedding, he, his new wife and their parents celebrated by gambling at the nearby casinos. At 10 p.m., Terry said goodbye to Tim. After he walked her to her car, she was planning to return home to Reno about an hour away. She was never seen alive again. At 6 p.m. the next evening, Tim and his new wife went to Terry's house to visit her. However, she was not there. After calling several friends and relatives, Tim called the police to report her missing. Three days later, on month January 17th, her car was found in the parking lot of the Carson City Nugget Casino about a half hour from Lake Tahoe. So he says goodbye to her. She goes a half hour away. And I think people forget this part because it's a big deal. She's a half hour away at this other casino. She was found shot twice in the head and was believed to have been killed the night of Tim's wedding. I'm not sure how they established that. Authorities found that the keys were still in the ignition. Her purse was missing, but her jewelry remained on her body. The next day, police began looking at Tim as a suspect. Circumstantial evidence seemed to point to him. However, the Nevada DA declined to prosecute At the time, many of his family and friends insisted there was no way Tim could have done this. From the beginning, authorities considered Tim as a suspect. Now, this is really weird. Listen to this. And I will play you clips. And just the way he talks, it throws you off. Okay, so when questioned, he told police that after saying goodbye to her at 10 p.m., he went back. Back to the casino. So she's a half hour away at this other casino. He's at the other one. So he claims. Since his new wife was gambling with her parents, he decided to gamble alone for about two hours. He then rejoined her and they went out dancing until dawn the next morning. However, authorities have been unable to substantiate their whereabouts for that night. They were also unable to name their places that they had been to. Now, I don't know what that's about. That's a little confusing. I don't know. When you're in Vegas, is it easy to substantiate, especially back then? I'm not sure. Tim also told police that two days before Terry's body was discovered, he had searched the main highway between Lake Tahoe and Reno for her purse. The authorities found it odd that he was retracing her steps, looking for an item that nobody had known was missing. However, he claims at the time that his sister had given him the idea to look for it. That is very strange. Why was he looking for her purse? Why was he looking for her purse? That makes no sense. I've never really truly caught that. 
Tim also searched the parking lot of the casinos on Terry's route looking for a car. He looked through everyone on the route except for one, the parking lot where her body was found. He later claimed that a gut feeling kept him from entering that parking lot. Now, this makes him look incredibly guilty. Authorities were also suspicious of a phone call Tim had made to cancel Terry's credit cards. He claimed that he made it on Monday, January 17th, which was the day that her body was found. However, the credit card company claims he called on Friday before she even disappeared. Authorities claim the memo written by the credit card company states that it was on Friday and he told them that Terry was deceased. He, however, told them that the employee was mistaken. Six months before she was murdered, Terry took out a $10,000 insurance policy on her life. Tim and his sister were named as co-beneficiaries. Authorities suspect that this may be a motive for her murder, but he said that's only $5,000. Like, that's nothing. But the cops said, you know, I'm here to tell you people have been killed for less. One month after the murder, Tim and his wife agreed to take polygraph tests. Both indicated deception. The question she failed was, do you know who killed Terry? He claims that the situation was very awkward and uncomfortable, which led to him failing it. Tim believes that Terry may have been robbed and murdered by a hitchhiker. According to him, she was known to pick up hitchhikers. The case first aired in 1989. It is one of the only cases where the suspect had contacted the telecenter in an attempt to clear his or her name. Unresolved. In September 1992, he was arrested. Some tips from the broadcast helped the police. However, in January 1993, the Nevada DA ultimately decided not to prosecute him. The judge dismissed the case with prejudice because of problems with the evidence and Tim's estranged wife refusal to testify. Now, and when with prejudice means you can never again be arrested for this case. I don't know why they did it with prejudice instead of without, unless the DA thought this case is not worth my time. I don't give a fuck and figured you're never really going to find out because at this point it is all hearsay. There's, there is no way they could, like, there's, I don't know about the DNA. I I don't know. I, they might not even, you know, they found her. They probably didn't even take anything back then. Who knows? Because it was just this weird death in the middle of Carson City, Nevada. Granddaughter has commented that now much of the remaining relatives believe that he had killed her. And the cops believe his ex-wife knows what happened. But at this point... Much like that horrible case that I did a very long time ago. I mean, and it's true. Once somebody is like with prejudice, let go, or that one guy, God, what the hell was his name? I'm going to tell you guys, because this was a crazy one. Mel Ignato. How did I forget that name? Great fucking, I mean, the oh, I had this book too, and now it's $101. Great book. It's about Mel Ignato. He killed his girlfriend. I'm going to say it real quick because, okay, because this is what can happen when this, you know, this double jeopardy happens. Mel Ignato killed his girlfriend, Brenda Sue Schaefer, in 2008. Or no, he died in 2008. He killed her in 1988. She, because she didn't want to go out with him anymore. Well, they tortured her, him and his 
ugly chick of a girlfriend. They tortured her. They took a tape of it. it it's unbelievable. They raped her, sodomized her, and took all these pictures. Well, they he goes to they go to court and they stay exonerated, acquitted. They acquitted him. The judge was so embarrassed by the verdict that he took the unusual step of writing an apology letter to Schaefer's family. Six months after this acquittal, a carpet layer working in Ignato's house found all these pictures showing them raping, torturing this girl. They couldn't do nothing about it. He was sent away on perjury charges with his fiddly squats. What was fantastic? He was at home, 70 years old, bled to death because he fell and fell and there was a bloody trail. He fell on his glass table. There was a bloody trail to the kitchen and he tried to make it into his room and that's where the body was. He was struggling and he died and that that was his karma. And even his son said he will go down as one of the most hated men in Louisville. Maybe this will just put it to rest. So that really was, I mean, that's what sucks when you acquit somebody or with prejudice because you can never, no matter what you find out, there's, you know, it's over, done with. So, okay. So let's go to the Unsolved Mysteries episode because as much as I'm blabbing on about this, there is nothing like hearing this guy talk about this case. It's just craziness. Okay, let's go through it, and then I'll tell you what I really think of everything. So Tim calls her, tells her I'm getting married, and then this is Tim. Well, I was totally ecstatic. Um, you know, I mean, this person waits all their life to get married, and it's, you know, the big moment in their life. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, as, um, an elaborate wedding, but, uh, you know, to me it was the, the big moment, and... Uh, uh, it was great. So he go, you know, they go through the night. He draw, he takes his mom to the car. And then the next day, him and his wife, his new bride, come to Terry McClory's house. Yes, I wonder why she didn't take the paper in this morning. It just uh, appeared as though she hadn't been home. And it was at that point I just had the strangest feeling that something was wrong. I, I, I didn't know, but it just, I knew she hadn't been home. And to me, that was real... Uh, odd strange because uh there i was uh you know on my honeymoon uh, up there to get married and uh, she'd taken time off of work and uh to not find her at home uh just i couldn't understand it so he starts calling around they find her in that carson city nevada sitting up shot twice now who is gonna shoot this elderly woman in a casino not robbed. There's nothing gone, nothing missing. That is very, very strange. And then he's gone two hours. Where did he go? I started to feel like a victim. And I thought, why should I have an attorney? You know, I mean, this is this is my mother's death. You should be investigating it on, on another level rather than thinking of me as doing it, which, which I found out they were looking towards me. I, I couldn't understand why. I started to feel like the victim. And it just it didn't make sense. Although they couldn't provide, you know, specific locations where... So this is Detective Sergeant Scott Burrow talking about the incident. Although they couldn't provide, you know, specific locations where they went, we, we made every attempt to determine which bar or which dance hall they had gone to that night, and we were unsuccessful. They indicated that they partied from approximately midnight until 6 a.m. the following morning, uh, none of which 
we were able to substantiate one way or another. Um, so we kind of went on what he said. So the mother, the purse situation becomes a big deal. Why was he looking for her purse? You know, we again found this odd that he would he would attempt to retrace his mother's steps for the purpose of finding something that nobody knew was missing. Uh, on the 16th, nobody had any idea her purse was missing. But he felt a specific need to go out and look for that purse. Yeah, oddly enough, uh, she was found uh, with only her purse missing. She uh, was fully clothed, had all her jewelry. The only thing missing was her purse. Uh, they put together the fact that I, I said I was looking for her, some evidence of her purse along the side of the highway. And uh, the only reason I said that was because my older sister had put the idea that maybe somebody had commandeered her vehicle and stolen her purse. The purse situation is blowing my mind. When was he looking for this purse? I don't know. It's very, very confusing. Okay, two days before Terry's body was discovered, he searched the main highway for her purse? Now, that is weird. Why? That, I'm telling you, that makes no sense. And why would he even tell anybody that? That's even weirder. Like, what the hell? I'm telling you, this case makes me nuts. So here comes the credit card incident, which is bizarre, too. I had um, reported her credit cards missing, thinking maybe that somebody had come and commandeered the vehicle and that her purse might have possibly been missing. I called on Monday. The woman had written down that I called on Friday, uh, which I couldn't understand. It just didn't make any sense to me why she would mix up from a Monday to a Friday. The credit memo for that particular company is now in the possession of the sheriff's office. And it clearly shows, according to their file, that Tim called, indicated to the uh, recipient that his mother was dead, and the fact that his father was dead, and to please cancel the account. It's just, a, it's one of the strangest things I have ever heard of. Because uh, I called on Monday, and how she could have mistaken that for a Friday, and then mixed up my words like that saying she had been murdered i have no idea she'd been murdered all i knew she was missing and that's what i told him we have a credit memo dated january 14th the lady that wrote that credit memo in her own own mind is absolutely sure that's the date she received the phone call from a person identifying himself as tim mcclure i didn't think my mother would take out an insurance policy uh, I have to say, when I listen to it as a podcast, it's just like, I can see this guy looks guilty as hell. But when I, I'm telling you, I, and, and his use of commandeered is all wrong. And it's so weird. Everything about this case is weird. He brings to the attention, which most killers do actually, he brings to the attention about his mother. He tells him about this purse that he's looking for before anybody, and he's calling credit card companies. Like, it's so bizarre. Like, maybe he didn't kill her. That's what I keep going through. Like, first of all, this was this loving mother that he loved, he lived with. And, you know, I, I, I keep going back and forth. Like, 
you know, it's so strange that maybe it's the truth. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I'm, I, I, it's like, did he, you know, did this woman just happen to be like, maybe someone was going to rob her and, you know, you never know how close I, I, you know, I think at certain times when somebody's about to get robbed, like in that Heather church case, this young girl, she's in the house. This guy goes to rob the house. This young girl's there. They, he kills her. And they blame the parents for a long time. She was killed because of this uh, thwarted robbery. So, like, maybe somebody was going to rob this woman, Terry McClure. But something startled them in this the Carson City, Nevada parking lot that she was killed at, and then maybe the, that's why she was killed but never robbed. You just never know, although she sat there for a long time. I, I I mean, I can't help thinking he probably is guilty, but it just, I can't get over. Like, this is his sweet little mother. She's at your wedding. They have all these pictures. And like he said, it was only $5,000. That's what you're going to, or I don't know, did they get into a fight? And then the the wife won't talk. I mean, it, it, it. when I think about it logically, the only thing that makes sense is he killed her. But I mean, because of the credit card thing and, and all these excuses that he has. God, it just, it bothers me because they look so sweet together. And you killed her? Like, for what? Why? You know, I, I like hope in my heart that he didn't kill her. I kept looking to see if he was still alive. I really couldn't find anything. I would love to talk to that guy. If you happen to hear this podcast, Tim McClure, I would love to talk to you because I would really be genuinely, I I would not, whatever you tell me, I, I'm 100% behind you. What, I mean... It's happened forever ago. There's nothing that can be done anyway. Tell me the story. Tell me what happened. Tell me for real. I just found that case. You know, there's cases that stick out to me, and that is one of them. Tim McClure, guilty or innocent? I have no freaking clue. I lean more on the side of guilty out of my brain alone, like thinking-wise, but I don't want him to be guilty. This is Debbie Q with the right shoe, and I will see you after the holidays.